0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Let's Talk About It podcast with Sons and Daughters. Today I'm your host, Christian, and with me I have, following the last intro, my sexy, amazing, cute husband, Arden Papir.
1: You stole my host spot. I said
0: following, (laughs) you know, for our last episode.
1: Some some role reversal here. I, (laughs) I can't be, my wife kicked me out of being the host on our own podcast.
0: That's right. You know what you did. Don't do it again.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about <laughs> marriage. You always, always should know what you did, right?
0: Well, no, you should just always know the wife is right. That's right, <laughs> guys. If you, this is you know not a dating episode, but if you want dating advice, that is it. The girl is always right. That's Arden that, shaking his head. That's he's, he's agreeing with me. No, today is not a dating episode. Even though you guys do love when we talk about that. Today we are talking about something that is going to set us up well for this new year you know 2021 is kicking off we are ready i think we are all excited to redefine what this year can be. And why do I say redefine? Is because we are talking about the redefined book. I wish I had a confetti cannon, some crowd applause. Maybe we can edit that in with us. But Arden, you wrote a book this year called Redefine.
1: Yeah. Well, not this year, last year. Not this year. year. It was a five-year process. In the last five years. God was really working the message inside of me. He was um, taking me through the lessons that I learned. And it was really something that started from just a cry for my generation i wanted our generation to be known for so much more and to be remembered for so much more and i felt like when you talk about the millennial generation it was that hey you know the millennial generation like oh no they're a millennial like it's kind of there was always like this excuse or a crutch and people would be like oh yeah that makes sense they're just a millennial kind of thing and i was like no i want to see more for our generation. I want to see our generation redefined. And so that's what the book is called, Redefined, Confronting the Labels That Limit Us.
0: Mm, So good. You know, I think we, you know, at least you and I have gone into depth of these are labels that have been put on us, but I kind of want to ask you the idea. Do you believe that millennials themselves, even Gen Z, do you believe that our generation believes there's more for us or we're just living in this limitation mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting part. And this is actually what started the book is I had five years ago, Addison had asked me, my oldest brother, he asked me, he said, Hey, um, can you think up some kind of strategic marketing plan that we can specifically reach um, the younger people, the younger generation? So I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And so I started writing on a board and I said, Hey, you know what? we're creative, we're innovative. I said, we're pioneers, we're we're hipsters, because there's big things. And I was like, well, what else are we? Was
0: that a positive label? That was <laughs> a
1: positive back then. <laughs> that was a positive for sure. But um, I, I just started thinking, I said, what else are we? And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go to, you know, one of the best trusted sources in the world. And I was like, I'll go to Facebook and I'll ask the question. I'll say, you know, hey, and I, I asked this question. I said, if you could describe the young adult generation in one word, what would it be? And I remember, I thought I was gonna get a bunch of great things like, you know, things that were similar to what I was writing down. And I remember it started a spark and I started getting all of these responses from people my age as well. And people that were my peers, and they were all things like broken, entitled, lacking, addicted, fearful, all these labels that people were believing to be true about themselves and Mm. about our generation. I, I would say only about 5% of the comments were actually positive things. And my heart began to break because I started seeing, like, our generation is believing the labels that have been put over us, the labels that maybe our our parents put over us, maybe our peers, maybe our teachers, maybe our our pastors, maybe uh, uh, just the enemy has tried to put over us. And our generation has started to accept those things to be true And I was watching that happen. And I remember my heart was breaking in that moment. But as I was watching those things flood in, God began to download scripture into my mind. He started to speak his word into my mind. And I remember the the scripture that first came to me was uh, a scripture found in Peter. And it talks about, he says, but you are not those people. He said, because you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart to uh, unveil God's glorious wonder to this world. And I remember God just so specifically started giving me words that were counteracting all of those negative statements that were said about our generation. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so powerful. You know, that even reminds me of 2019. We had our rise covenant come out. Uh, You pioneered a lot of the thought behind that. And that rise covenant essentially if those that are unfamiliar was seven I am statements, positive I am statements of what we believe God has placed and and written for our generation to be. And I remember even just getting feedback around that of um, whether it was, I am creative, I am secure. I am loved people saying, no, I'm not that and listing off the reasons, the litany of reasons why they could not be that word. They could not step into that calling. And I think it's interesting because we saw with that. It's not enough to just tell someone, hey, God loves you, or you're creative, or um, you are secure in who you are. It it takes a shift in your mindset to believe that for yourself. So what do you see as being the shift for someone to not just think, that sounds nice, you know, I wish I was that way, but what does it take for our generation to believe the calling God's put on us?
1: Yeah, uh, and that's, that's, that, that is the key, and that's what, this book really frames out, and what I try to do from this book, I talk about in the first chapter, you know, the the old parable about, you know, hey, don't teach a man, just, um, like, don't don't just give a man a fish, teach him how to fish. Mm-hmm. And, and what I said is I said, you know, hey, my goal with this book is to not just tell you, hey, this is what you are, but I want to teach you how to discover who you are, to discover what God has originally placed on your life. And, and so that was kind of the the parallel that I wanted to take people on, and I remember for me growing up, I had amazing parents, and I know for a lot of people, I, yes, I was extremely fortunate, and for a lot of people, you've not had those people that have been able to speak the word of God over you or speak life over you. They've only spoken death. They've only spoken negative things over your life. And I had parents that spoke those words of God over my life, and I think it's interesting because you see in Scripture um, when Jesus is out in the wilderness, you know, Jesus is out there in the wilderness he does 40 days of prayer and fasting and at the end of the 40 days the enemy comes to him and he tempts him and we so often focus on the temptation like jesus was tempted at the end but no actually what the enemy does first is he attacks his identity. Mm -hmm. He says, if you are truly the son of God. Now there was no question in the devil's mind of who Jesus was. Like he knew exactly who Jesus was. He He had been in heaven, he had been with the Father, he had been with the Word, he had been with the Holy Spirit. He knew exactly who Jesus was. But what he was trying to do is he was trying to make Jesus insecure in who he was and try to make him display a cheap, powerless sentiment of him. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus combats him. He stands firm in his identity knowing, hey, I know who I am. I know who God called me to be. I know why God called me here on earth. And he combats him with the word of God. He uses the Word of God. And I think right now for our generation, we have a lot of people that don't know what the Word of God mm. says over them. We've tried to live off of the most recent podcast or the most recent message that we heard, and we don't truly know what God has spoken over us because that's the amazing thing. And we talk about this in the book is, is um, labels are something that are going to cover up what God originally designed for you. Labels are something that are going to be temporary. They're going to be something that is bound to this world. But a calling is something that releases you. A calling is something that is eternal. A calling is something that goes beyond your understanding and speaks to the eternity that God has placed upon your life. And on every single son and daughter of God. He has placed a calling upon your life. But there has been labels that have been placed there by the enemy, and they are trying to cover up your original call that God had upon your life. And so it's time for us as a generation to, yes, uh, address these labels, but then also step into the calling. Like, and that's what we do. All right, Sorry, I don't keep saying we. <laughs> that's what I do through the book. I, I say we because Christian was such a big part in this book. Um, honestly, I would not have been able to write this book without her. She's rolling her eyes, but it is 100% <laughs> true. Um, she helped me so much. But when, inside the book, we try to, um, in every single one, we try to break down the word because we want to make sure we mm-hmm. un, people understand what they are fighting. Uh, I love it. I think it's Paul who says, he says, I, I, I fight like a boxer who's not beating air. He's understanding. He understands, like, I know who I'm fighting. I understand mm-hmm. what principalities I'm trying to tear down. I understand what spirits I'm trying to tear down, why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And understanding that we are not just doing this for ourselves, but we're doing this for our generation and the generations to come. Because right now, we have a generation that has never before had the access to be able to reach across the entire world and to be able to impact or impart something to someone that they've never even met but they've been able to see on social media. And what we've seen in 2020 was a lot of people used that ability for hurtfulness, for harming other people, for tearing people down, for calling people's names. But yet, if we become a generation that begins to use those things and speaks the word of God, speaks the calling of God over this generation, I truly believe Mm -hmm. we'll see transformation happen.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's why we call it Let's Talk About It podcast. That's why we call it Sons and Daughters because it is a collective. And it takes the whole body, everyone living, On purpose for God. And guys, I hope you understand what Arden is saying there because it's so good. But I just want to break this down even more. He's saying if you feel, if you have been labeled or you feel anxious, that is probably because you have victory on the other side of that. You know, the enemy came to Jesus and wanted to tell him, Are you truly this? He's going, he wanted to manipulate the very essence of who he was. So it very well could be the thing that you were fighting, the thing that you have been labeled you are actually the complete opposite yeah. you are not anxious you are eager for god you are not entitled you are privileged and, and blessed to be um the hands and the feet of god and that looks different so i want you to take that in mind um from what you've heard and what we're going to continue to talk about of you have authority but that authority has to come from god alone
1: yeah yeah, and that's and that was the beginning of Jesus's ministry. Like that, that's the amazing thing. And I think a lot of us will have that attack come from the enemy, and we'll begin to be like, "Oh wait, maybe yeah." Like if I was a son or daughter of God, or if I, I was entitled, or if I was broken, mm-hmm. like or wasn't broken, I wouldn't be doing this. or I wouldn't be acting this way. And we just begin to just dig ourselves down deeper and deeper and if if Jesus would have done that he wouldn't like he came out of the wilderness in in spirit filled and power mm-hmm. and it was because Ready to go. because he knew who he was right and we have a, right now we have a lot of people that are listening to so many other words so many things we look at social media we compare ourselves to other people we miss out on the unique calling that God has placed on our life and mm-hmm. we're missing out on walking out in that power and understanding and authority that God has called us to walk Mm -hmm.
0: in. You know, and I think that's because we are so inundated with media, with opinions, with conversations. Uh, You know, we do have the side of loneliness that is so terribly, um, just so sad that we see people walking through. But even when we're alone, we're taking in information, we're sitting on Instagram, and I really believe that we are not taking the time to process we're taking in taking in that we don't know how to equate that to our life we don't know who we are called because we're just listening to what people are calling us yeah not what we are called and so i think it's important that we do take that time you know even as we talked about in the last podcast um that we did together of we need time to pray we need time to re- listen to god's word and see who he has called us to be and i love that you go deeper into this in the book, I won't say what chapter because you have to read it to find out. But you go into the power of thought, and I think that's a lot of what you're saying right now. But what do you see, or what what have you written, as to be the power of a thought, and what that looks like in our day-to-day lives?
1: Yeah, well, I, as we know, like here, here's the thing: is is the book starts out, and it, we talk a lot about the power of the word and understanding the power of a word of what we speak over our lives, what we other peoples what we allow other people to speak over our lives, and how that can really shape and form um, our trajectory. Mm-hmm. But then we talk around around the power of thought because as we all know, you know words originate and, and begin as thoughts. And I think a thought oftentimes is um, so, Underestimated in a couple different ways, you know. Number one, a thought is underestimated in the power that a thought has. Um, You know, I remember a couple years ago at the beginning of the year, I wrote on my board for like the new year uh, of all the goals I wanted to do. I wrote um, not a bunch of things that was like, "Hey God, give me a leadership position," or let myself work into a leadership position, or give me, you know, allow me to raise this much money so I can buy a car, or give me a car. It wasn't anything material. I simply wrote at the top. I said, "God." give me an idea because I knew that an idea was the beginning of something that would change my whole life. And not just yours. Yeah, exactly. And that was the year that we actually began sons and daughters. Mm. And the idea that God gave us was sons and daughters. And so, you know, don't underestimate the power of a thought and what God can give us. But then also on the other side, don't underestimate the destruction that a thought can bring and the destruction that our thoughts can bring. Because You know, um, our subconscious, and as I was writing the book, I researched this and I thought this was so interesting, but our subconscious makes about 95% of our decisions for us. And our subconscious is made up of all the things that we have around us that are going on. So words, music, uh, movies, video games, uh, friends, like all all these things. And so your mind can only, like your conscious is only making essentially 5% of your actual decisions in your life. The rest is being made by your subconscious, by your subconscious taking in things and thinking these things are normal. And I remember when I was in when I was in high school, I kept listening to a lot of just bad, raunchy music. It was all the music my friends were listening to. And I was like, this is great music. And it had a cool beat and all this stuff. And my mom would be like, my mom would listen to lyrics. She's like, what are you doing? This is terrible. And I was like, mom, I don't even hear the lyrics. Like, I, I, I can't even hear them. I was like, I just, I love the beat. I love the beat. And I was watching movies that were bad, all this stuff. And what I begin to see in my life is I begin to see that the things that were talked about in those movies, the things that were shown in those movies, were talked about in those songs, begin to become normal for me because my Mm -hmm. subconscious began to create a path that those things were normal. And I remember it changed my thinking. It changed my patterns in my life, and I walked away from God. And I think that's something we have to be important or we have to take uh, the importance of, of Mm. controlling. Cause yes, I think, um, you know, I've had conversations with friends where they've been like, yeah, like I watch, you know, I watch these shows and I'm like, what in the world are you doing watching that show? And they're like, Oh, it's such a great story. I'm like, Trust me, it is not. And then I was like, just, just challenge yourself. Like tr- challenge yourself that this is really something that is going to bring life to you.
0: Or like take inventory of what you actually are taking yeah, in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I remember I had one friend came back to me a couple months later and he's like, you were 100% right. He said, it led to such a bad place. And he said, I did not see that. And he said, when you told me to do that. And so it's just the importance of our generation right now. I think we're so inundated, as I talked about before, of social media, of our movies, of our music, all that mm-hmm. thing. So much stuff has been normalized. like, and It's a dangerous amount of things that have been normalized for us. And what we have to do is we have to continue to pave new ideas, pave new ways in our mind so that our subconscious leads us to the Mm -hmm. things that are going to bring life, the things that are going to bring victory in areas and the things that are going to keep us away from those things that God does not want for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you probably heard this last night, but I was listening to a Jordan Peterson video and he was just talking about the idea, you know, you say, don't think about a white elephant. What are you thinking about right now? A white elephant. So I think the idea of it has been that kind of laissez-faire idea of, well, I can do this and it won't affect me. I can I can hang out with these people and they're not going to be a negative influence on my life. But whatever we take in, you know, our eyes, our lens. And I think that's why it does say in the Bible to guard our heart, to guard our thoughts, to guard everything that can come against what God has placed in us. And I know this is your heart, Arden, within the book, within Sons and Daughters, of we want to see this generation set up well. We want to see this generation living not just as sons and daughters, but living in the fullness of what that means. And we won't achieve that being mediocre. We won't achieve that looking like everything else. So my hope for this book is that we would not take the message lightly. You know, yes, we want to get this book out here, but even more than that, we want the message to resonate in sons and daughters' hearts across the world because if there ever was a time after the year that we've gone through as a nation, as a world, we want to see us come out of that stronger, be prepared, be ready to love people well, be prepared to lead in ideas, to lead in faith. And that's going to require us to look different than the world looks right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I think that's the, that's the big key with this book and what we're wanting to see. And what I, I hope people grab hold of is it's not... We don't want people just to read this and be like, "Oh, that's a great message." We want people to become the message in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to see a generation redefined. And I, and I think um, you, you guys have you guys have probably heard it uh, multiple times that we've said this. And I, I say this a lot. But I said I I don't think the problem is in the world that there's a lack of sons and daughters of God. I think there is a I mean Christianity is the the largest religion worldwide, it's actually a lack of sons and daughters of God who have stepped into the fullness of what that means and, and what that identity actually brings to the table. And we actually live that out because I think right now we're receiving a lot of information, but we have not turned it into transformation. We have not become the message that God has been speaking over our generation. And when we do see that happen, we will see a massive influx of converts come into the, uh, come into the body of Christ. But I think that's why Jesus did not say go out into the world and make more converts or make more believers. He said go out into the world and make disciples. Mm-hmm. He said because disciples, as you watched in the Bible, when you had 12 men who understood what they were serving, understood who they were serving, understood the mission and what God had spoken over them, when you had 12 men, you see the impact in the everlasting Um, things that they were able to leave on this earth. And I'm just like, look, if we had a generation that understood that and walked in the urgency, walked in the identity of what that actually brought, I think we would see such a transformation and such a revival. And look, 2020 has tried to steal a lot of things from a lot of people. It's tried to steal a lot of uh, opportunities from people. It's tried to steal a lot of uh, hope from people. You know, there's a lot of people that were left alone in 2020. And it was very, very hard for them. But that's why we need to begin this year by redefining our life, redefining the way we look at things, redefining the way that um, we think God sees us, redefining the way the world sees us, um, and truly step out into what God is calling us to live in.
0: Mm So people resonate with us a little bit. Let's let's call it three labels, either from the book or what you've just seen. Three labels you think people may have picked up in 2020.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think the first label that I saw a lot of people pick up was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people saw themselves as the problem in 2020. They saw themselves as all these things that were going on in the world that, hey, I am the problem. There's something wrong with me. And they felt broken. And then because of that, they hid from the world. Um, they did not want to make their voice known or attacked they attacked
0: the world. Yeah.
1: Or they attacked, they attacked from this broken places, which I mean, broken people will, uh, they'll, that's what they'll do. They'll attack mm-hmm. people, hurting people will hurt other people. Um, and so I've seen that be, which is actually a, a label. I, I talk about in the book and break down and go through. Um, and then another one was, uh, uh fearful is mm-hmm. we had a generation that was very fearful, um, you know, and, and here's the thing is. Um, Our God has called us to walk in holy fear, as we've talked about Mm. on this podcast many times. And we saw a lot of unhealthy worldly fear play out in this. And I'm telling you right now, the worldly fear will cause you to go dormant in the gift that God has for your life. And it will keep you from intimacy with God. And so I think that's really important. The last one um, I would say is discouraged. Um, We had a, a lot of people that... Um, you know, maybe, like I said, lost their jobs, lost lost hope in this season. Um,
0: lost family members.
1: lost family members, which is just so sad. And, and, um, there was a lot of discouragement. There was a lot of uh, doubts and things like that, which I would say if I could do fourth, the doubt would be the other one because that's my favorite chapter. Mm-hmm. but um a lot of discouragement that came in. and um God is never wanting discouragement to be the end of your story. God wants so much more. Uh, than you could ever believe and hope and imagine. And and I actually even talk about the story of Hannah in that story, uh, in that chapter, and just how the story of Hannah is Hannah was so discouraged. She Mm -hmm. wanted a child so bad. And God just kept telling Hannah, he said, look, he said, I know you want just a child, but I have six children in store for you. I have so much more Mm -hmm. than you could ever think, hope, or imagine for. So keep Crying out to me, keep yearning for me. Don't don't be discouraged and run away from me or run into man's presence, but continue to cry out to me. Mm-hmm. And God said he'll, he'll be faithful in that area. And I believe that's true for people's lives right now, is that as we're coming into this uh, as we're at this new year and and redefining this perspective, I believe that God is trying to say, Hey, look. Last year was probably a year of discouragement, and maybe you did. Maybe you ran into the presence of man. Maybe you you thought, "Hey, God, God, you weren't faithful on your promises," and that's really discouraging. Or maybe God, I saw I saw uh, Christian leaders fall um, from these place of authority, and that's really discouraging. That hurt me a lot. And, and I'm telling you, God does not want you to end there because mm-hmm. He has so much more in store for you. And I want 2021 to be the year that that comes out. I wanna see those things manifest in your life and it begins with you. So that's why I think it's so important, like this book, and here guys, again, as I said before, is this book is not something that I'm like, yeah, I know everything about this book was what I had to walk through. Like, it was a challenge. I remember one chapter, the offense chapter, and I joke about this in the book, Is was a chapter that I was like, yeah, I can, I can glean from my dad. And, you know, my dad wrote the book Beta Satan on it. And I can really take a lot of the principles and things that he said on it um, and just, apply it to this because book. Because you weren't
0: offended? Yeah, because I was
1: like, you know, my dad taught me all this stuff I was growing up. And I remember I prayed the stupid prayer of, I said, God, you know what? I, I need something to add from me. And I said, so maybe give me like, uh, maybe a friend or someone that had to walk through a fence, a great story that I'm able to share with people. Unfortunately, that was the worst prayer I could have prayed because uh, just about two months later, I got trapped into the offense um, trap and I was trapped in it for uh, 10 months, actually uh, literally a year um, from the moment I prayed that prayer. So it was October to October. Um, this was all stuff I had to walk through. And I tried to be extremely um, honestly personal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to not come f- from, you know, hey, I'm Arden Bevere, uh, the son of John and Lisa Bevere. I just tried to come to you as uh, I'm Arden Bevere, a fellow, you know, brother or si- brother, just brother. I was gonna say brother or sister because <laughs> I was trying to conclude all the, but just brother. Um, and, and I am I am navigating and walking through this life, mm-hmm. um, just the same as you. And just as the, that's always been the message of sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. We never wanted to feel like, hey, we've we've got this figured out and we're doing this, so you guys need to do this. No, we wanted to really walk through the journey with you all. And I think that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to do with this book. And so, Definitely. I really hope it's a book for our generation.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, even that offense chapter, you came out on the other side better from what you went through, trusting God more, yeah. um, stronger in your faith, and I think and that's the message. Can
1: I? And can I say one more thing? I'm sorry, it's just uh, coming off of that. It's like, guys when i look back through all those seasons i wish i did not have to go through them and so that's why i'm like i really hope you guys grab hold of this message because i'm like those 8 months were terrible months of my life i just and not not because of it was just the the fence i harbored in me and i'm like i would not have wished those feelings and those those emotions on against my worst enemy and so guys I went through these things, so I hope that you guys can learn from these experiences and really glean from them so you don't have to go through those same experiences.
0: Mm -hmm. Because even with that one, you came out on the other side better, and that's what you want for people. And I just want to clarify, if anyone's confused, if anyone's kind of raising walls right now with this message, confronting labels is not to condemn you. It's not to make you feel uncomfortable. It's to empower you to live the best self and to realize what God is speaking over you to silence the negative voices so you can hear the one positive voice of God. Arden, to wrap this up, I want to give you one minute. If you were talking one-on-one with one of our viewers, someone that's a stranger to you, what is the one takeaway you would want to leave with them?
1: Yeah. um, you know, I talk about it at the end of the book, but I think it's that we may be a generation that be known as sons and daughters of God. Um, and what I mean by that, it's not just a nice statement or anything like that. It's that, that the world will literally look at this generation and they will see this generation and truly know that they have been marked by God, that they operated, that they moved, that they walked with God so closely that we people would not look back at the millennial or Gen Z generations and say, yeah, that was the entitled generation or that was the the crazy generation, that was the, you know, anomaly generation, but no, they would be looking back at our generation and know that was the generation that was made up of sons and daughters of God. And so that's my hope for this. And if guys, if you did, um, you know, this message resonated with you, you guys can actually pick up this book off of Amazon. Um, We have it on our Messenger International website and sons and daughters. And you can also go to ardenbevere.com. And you can pick up the book there. And we also have a course around it. And this course was um, something that was a challenge for me because I really wanted to make sure I was getting raw and real with it. So I hope you guys pick it up.
0: Yeah. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go leave us a like, a comment, a review, subscribe, do all the things so that one, you stay in the know, but so also you can be pointing these messages to the people in your life so you can begin to redefine and help others redefine as well. Again, if you want to pick up the book, you can go to ardenbevere.com. Until next time.